Welcome to the Social Authority Podcast with Amy Schmidauer. That's me. This show is for you, a rising star in your industry, ready to produce your authority and share it with the world. Let's get started. I am very, very pleased and excited with who I'm sitting here with today. I'm looking at, look at this guy, Mr. Vincenzo Landino, CMO, CMO of 52 Creative. And the host of the Brand Boost podcast and social authority member and all around awesome guy. And before you even say hello, I want to start by saying how awesome you are. And I've gotten to know you a lot in the last, I think, five months. Just um, five really five or six or something. You came to Savvy Sexy Social Live in New York, and that was in May. And yeah, we uh, you talked on my show in April. April. You talked on my show in April. We've been talking for a while, but it wasn't until Social Media Day San Diego that we really sort of hit our friendship stride and sort of start working together in a fun way. I think we're aligned on a lot of things. Your forte being podcasting, but also live streaming. You've worked with a lot of big brands on really fun campaigns for live stream with Periscope, um, Blab, Meerkat, all of that fun stuff. So I just want to say how awesome it's been to work with you because I don't think I've ever met somebody so willing to learn and have such high ambitions um, than you do, Vincenzo. So I'm really glad you're here today. Thank you, Amy, for that fantastic um, introduction. And just for the record, for those of you listening to the podcast, she has to say all these nice things about me because I'm on her her show. No, I don't. I don't have to say all these nice things. Although your your lovely company, who I am teaming up with for this podcast now, Fifty Two Creative, is actually producing the Social Authority podcast. They, you know, they could cut out all the mean stuff if I did decide to say something. So. We could, but we we prefer to keep it raw because I like raw, <laughs> just raw stuff. But no, it's it's good. And and thank you for having me. This is really, I'm actually really excited to talk about podcasting, and um, you know, Fifty Two Creative is very proud to be a part of the new branded podcast for you. And I'm excited because, um, you know, the brand boost podcast, my show that I host or my podcast that I host, it's very similar to what you're doing with social authority. And so I give you a lot of props for giving back to the community and looking first towards giving back to the community as opposed to, you know, just creating a podcast for what a lot of others think is I'm going to make money. I'm going to make tons of money on a podcast. I mean, that's, we'll talk about it after, but so I give you a lot of props and credit for that. And, and feels, well, thank I guess, you. I mean, yeah, the podcast has always been sort of interesting for me because video is obviously first. Um, and I actually was, uh, as everyone listening to the show knows, really trying to analyze whether or not this was um, a good a good place to spend time. But let me get to that by first starting with one of the major projects that has been on deck for you has been Brand Boost Podcast. This was a goal that you set for yourself uh, by the end of 2015. So successfully launched prior to and has been kicking ass in new and noteworthy. So I would really like to hear sort of what uh, the first of all, what is the purpose of the Brand Boost podcast? And how is that something that you're leveraging for 52 Creative, the agency? Well, uh, we you know, going into it, I 
I'll be honest with you. I didn't know. I wanted a podcast. That was my goal for 2015. I wanted a podcast. So I thought I was the coolest person in the world to launch this podcast and uh, quickly learned that you need a mission. You need something to keep in mind, like, you know, some sort of carrot, at, you know, at the end of the stick. And I didn't know what mine was. I had no idea. Uh, talking to you, <laughs> talking to you, we we came up with a great mission for the podcast uh, after realizing what I wanted to do with it. And we focus on brands that are uh, creative, forward-thinking brands that want that startup sexy mentality, right? Uh, what is a startup sexy mentality? That's something I guess a lot of people, it's relative, right? But for us, the startup sexy mentality is that thought that, hey, startups are so flexible and they're willing to just go outside the box, you know, color outside the lines. And they always have the best marketing techniques. And they're always have like, why is everyone so such a rabid fan of these startups? Well, it's because they that's the way they promote themselves. So the Brand Boost podcast is taking big brands or, you know, medium to large size brands that are doing things right with marketing, creative marketing techniques, not just social. I want to stress that. It's not just social. It's any type of marketing campaign. They're doing that right, and it's helping them or it's helping brands that maybe don't get it yet to see, oh, wow, you know what? Like, oh, Applebee's doing it. Oh, Cinnabon is doing it. Oh, um, you know, Kobo Books is doing it. Oh, Blinds.com, you know, a subsidiary of Home Depot. Oh, wow, they're doing cool stuff. And, you know, these guests that I talk to are giving actionable content actionable tips you know the goal is to have somebody that gets out of their car after their 25 minute commute and say hey boss hey boss man hey manager this is what i just heard this is what we're gonna do like i want to do this i want to try this or is for that cmo that vp of, of marketing or you know manager or director to say wow these are some really great tips there's awesome brands doing this already question mark okay we need to do it so that's yeah. the goal, but it's not for, you know, you ask what it does for 52 creative. It is our most forward facing asset. Um, it is part of our marketing plan to give back to our customers, to give back to our clients, to give back to the audience that listens to us. And, um, and really to, that, that's one of our biggest content generators. Like that's what we're using as a content, uh, generation tool. Yeah. And I find it so interesting because you are, um, I, I would think with 52 Creative targeting these larger brands, but the podcast is sort of setting the tone for your abilities as an agency where you're not doing just the typical and the everyday, but there's a lot of things um, that have yet to be tapped in a lot of large company marketing departments because of red tape. So it's kind of funny, right? Because we talk about this the startup is the one that's scrappy. I like scrappy was in the blab chat. That was a really good word. Scrappy, right? And they can just try stuff, test it, and then ditch it all together. Yeah. Um, but the big brands are actually the ones that have the resources and the teams to do it probably more easily and scrap it faster if it doesn't work. So right. it's very cool that even though a big brand is probably going to come at this with a lot of barriers to entry and red tape and legal, you're sort of introducing it anyway and saying, there are other big brands doing this. You can do it too. You have the same resources. So you should open your mind a little bit more um, than what you're doing that's only barely working and keeping up. Well, and it ties to our mission too. So, I, you know, the focus is getting 
those that are actually in you know in the trenches doing the work i'm not looking for i'm not looking for the cmos the vps to be on the podcast while it's great to get some of the bigger names on there i'm looking for the guy the 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 smaller guys the, you know the ones that are there the marketing directors or the marketing managers um the ones actually forward facing with their clients the ones that are having to actually create the strategies and campaigns because we all know that it's very few times is it the VP that come up with a great idea. It's like the little guy in his cubicle sitting there, you know, clacking away on the keyboard or writing ideas down who comes up with these amazing, you know, campaigns and, you know, whether it's a, a social campaign or whether it's some sort of digital campaign. And uh, so those are the people we want on the podcast to show that, hey, you know what? Everybody has a voice. And that's another thing that's the startup sexy mentality is that it's not always from the top. You know, it usually comes from the bottom up. And of course, you know, the bigger names in the company usually get the credit for it. But um, so that's the other thing that I've, I'm trying to do with the podcast is to get, I hate to say this, real people because everyone's real, but the real people on the show, on the, the podcast to give real uh, tips to real advice, um, real experience. Yeah, it's funny. I think um, you get, you're very, very good at tracking your Twitter following, which is very fast growing and sort of seeing, okay, there's definitely some people that are picking up on what we're doing mm -hmm. and somebody can be really exciting to you. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I'm looking at their profile and I'm like, yeah, it sounds like they do some interesting work. And I think you actually gravitate towards somebody that maybe has like a hundred followers and based on what their credentials are and the research that you do, there's some, you're like, this person's definitely qualified because I they're focused on the brand yeah. and not themselves in some ways. So I learned that, um, and this is a quick shout out to somebody. I learned that from my biggest mentor, uh, Brian Fanzo. He, especially in the Twitter space, where when I had no followers, I was absolutely, I had nothing. I, I was, I had a Pittsburgh Steelers website, fan website, and he interacted with me. And here's this guy who had like tens of thousands of followers. So for me, it's like, Following those that are doing something. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what your title is. While it's great and it looks pretty on paper, uh, yeah, I do gravitate towards that. So that and that's been better content. The names that are not, I'll be very honest. With you, I mean, I, I can be very transparent about my download numbers. I don't even care about you know. I'll give those out. But the episodes that have people that no one's ever heard of before, that I never heard of before until I connected with them on Twitter. Again, not because of their following or a number. Um, they've been the best episode. So like by far, far and away. And I'm talking about better than names that we know, Aim. Like the, mm -hmm. the names in our circle, like the Mike Stelzners. Sure. Uh, the, uh, you know, Kim Garsts and, and, and whatnot. And now those are huge names in the social space. But it also, you know, to me, it also opens up uh, the conversation of there's a whole different world in the podcasting you know, that are, that are listening to podcasting. You know, if we kind of pigeonhole ourselves in social, you forget that there's a whole bunch of different listeners out there. They don't care who, you know, no offense. I love Kim Garth. They don't care who Kim Garth is. They don't care who Vincenzo Landino is. They don't care Amy Schmitzhauer. They don't care about Brian Fanzo. They, they want to hear good content. Like if they're going to turn it on, they want to hear something really, really good. Um, so that, that, that was a, that was a huge eye opener for me as well. Yeah, so I think that that basically is saying that any anyone that you bring on the show and how relevant that they are to your 
listener Mm -hmm. is going to make an impact. So maybe there's something to the headline creation then or sort of teaser copy that makes somebody think like, oh, maybe I want to take a listen to this. So maybe what are some of those tips that you have figured out as you've been launching a podcast? You're still in new and noteworthy status. So less than eight weeks old. You know, what exactly are you doing to get those eyeballs on the content so that people will listen because you are trying to pick out a very specific audience, which is important. You should be doing that anyway. Anyone should be doing that. What are you doing to make sure you're getting the right earbuds in when you're playing your episode for somebody? Well, it's so I've been, and and it starts with this is going to sound like if I'm not answering your question, but hear me out. It's um, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it starts with how I, what I'm doing on 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 social right now because social is the biggest uh, driver of of my content uh, at the moment. Uh, what I've been doing is I've really been targeting my followers. Um, I've been using tools like Manage Flitter to target who. So we're talking about Twitter mostly. I'm, I'm going to talk about Twitter. Yeah, I mean I, I promote everywhere, but or specifically Twitter, I've been using tools like uh, Manage Flitter to target who I'm connecting with. And mm. what's that? what that's doing is putting the people I want to listen, it's at least giving me the opportunity or giving them the chance to see my profile where they can see Brand Boost Podcast and they can see some content and they'll click on it. And it's kind of a free, it's like free traffic. Um, Jed Record was, a, was someone who taught me about using Managed Flitter and how to basically get free traffic and utilize your profile to, to promote something that you're trying to promote. So that was one thing that, I, um, uh, that I've been doing. I've been using tool like uh, Sprout Social as well. And what that's been helping me do is really like manage who's following me uh, and get like a really uh, like a what's the word? A bird's eye view of like the people that I'm that are following me at the moment. So I'll go into my Sprout social account and I'll be like, okay, this person's following me. Like there's their title. And I can, you know, they're all tasks. So I make sure I always reach out to them. Right. So if it's somebody that has that CMO or that VP status, that marketing, or they work for a brand, I try to engage and I will make sure that I I shout out the brand boost podcast. Right. That sounds like it's not important, but I have to say for me, that's been working tremendously because I'm getting this targeted listeners and Amy, you and I've had this conversation about having a targeted uh, following as opposed to just anybody and everybody, because when it comes, you know, when it comes down from someone who works at a brand and they're spreading it amongst their groups of people and saying, wow, this brand boost podcast is fantastic. You know, that that's, that means more to me. That's, more from like my listeners uh because again i don't care necessarily if you have a billion followers on twitter most of those people probably don't want to hear my podcast um but if they are talking within their groups of people because now i'm targeting those followers i'm really paying attention i'm engaging with them specifically because of what i'm i'm hoping they want to hear um it's it's just opening up a whole different world for me the other thing that we've been doing too is you know we have guests obviously share uh we try to have the brands share the content the post uh so i always follow up with uh you know here's here's a graphic so we create really nice graphics uh cody stevenson uh ceo of 52 creative and also was an early producer of the brand boost podcast solo before we combined. Uh, he always created killer graphics uh, and we drive everyone over to the blog post that we've created on the brand boost website. So we have a special website specifically just for the podcast. We send everybody there. So when they click there, 
any question they have about the podcast or the episodes are all answered. Um, for me, it's not just about this download number. While the download number is great, and I do see a question there that I want to answer. I hope you, you're cool with that. Um, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, while I do want that high download number, I also want the right people listening because, again, this is a lead generation tool for me. Right. And it's a customer service tool. If the right people aren't listening to it, it's worthless, right? It's not doing anything for me. It's not, it's not going to display – like if my mom is listening to my podcast, she's not going – you know. It, her, her her type of person, they're not going to do anything for me. They're not going to come and buy my product, you know, or buy our services. Um, so if I'm targeting who is actually listening, it's I have a better shot. You know, I'm, I'm I guess either flattening the sales funnel funnel or increasing my uh, conversion rate, right, by doing it that way. So uh, the website has been tremendous in terms of of getting people to actually care. I mean, most people probably aren't reading the show notes, but I have all the links there. It's creating a ton of organic traffic tons of organic traffic to the site and um and and like like i said it's just it's helping us uh build up the downloads on the the number i'm, I'm trying to look at the i'm trying to pull up the libs and numbers for you, my hosting numbers for you so i can give no, you some no no that's fine that's fine i think and it's all like rel you know relative anyway um, yeah, yeah. but but um let's go ahead and take that question cuz i think it's right where where you were just sort of on point with your um talk. And that was with what Brian was saying. Brian Fanzo is also a previous interview of this podcast. And he asked, are you targeting for listeners or sponsors? And I think he had a second part. It was like targeting for listeners versus sponsors versus marketing agency potential clients. Can you talk about the balance between those three things or if there even are those three that you're considering when you're targeting? Yeah, um, he he asked it twice, so I'm just I'm trying to look at the one that you are mentioning. Um, yeah, Brian, that's a great question. So for us, we're targeting for potential clients. Uh, that's who I'm looking for. That's who I want to be listening to the podcast. I'm not targeting specifically for sponsorship. I, this is actually a debate that uh, my team and I have have been talking about: is do we even want sponsorship? I do to an extent, but I don't want to be a, a podcast that's like just riddled with sponsorship just for the sake of sponsorship and money, right? It's got to be, it's got to fit with what we're trying to do overall as a brand. And it has to fit with what the podcast is. I'm not throwing around, um, I'm not going to throw around brand names just for the sake of throwing around brand names that don't align at all with what the mission of the podcast and essentially the agency are. This is all about building a brand. The brand itself is the, the podcast and the other brand is the 52 creative, the agency. Um, so for us, it comes down first to the potential clients. Well, first I would say it's the clients we already have and then it's potential clients uh, because I'm all about, you know, making sure you invest in the relationships you have first and foremost, then potential clients. And then I would say listeners, and then sponsorship. So sponsorship is dead last for us. That's not the focus of the podcast. Yeah, because I think when you're sort of recruiting sponsors for something, um, you're it, it sort of depends on how the costs lay out and why those sponsors are in play. But um, when your podcast is truly being uh, leveraged and even created in the first place in order to bring business to the agency, you really want that to be a frictionless process if you can for those end listeners or end users, um, both for customer service purposes and for and for uh, marketing purposes. I went uh, against 
I went against a lot of like conventional thinking, like podcast thinking. And I'm not saying I am by I am not saying I'm the podcast king by nature, but I did go against a lot of conventional thinking where people are like, well, you have to put a spot at the top for a potential client and you have to have a, a mid-roll spot and you have to have an end spot. But for me, and and, I, and listen, I went against a lot of people I even re I respect a ton. And Amy, I mean, you know the con we've had conversations too. Like I've gone – and for me, it works for me. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but for me, it's working because, listen, when I'm getting uh, – you know, I'm getting – potential clients reaching out that I haven't even ever spoke to. I mean, I got um, a brand reached out to me last week saying, Hey, would love to talk to you, work with your, with your company. I heard some of the podcast episodes. I would, I think you guys are the perfect fit. Would love to talk about getting some, or, you know, doing some business. And I'm like, great. I was like, what episode you listen to? And Listen to one of those episodes of people that have, <laughs> no one knows. So, it, it, you know, for me, it's like when when I hear that kind of thing, and this is I'm telling you from experience, be like, this is happening to me. I'm, I'm, I'm I take everyone through the process. I'm very very straightforward. Uh, that that's what it's all about. Now, if I had if I had a podcast riddled with sponsorship, would the same thing have happened? I don't know. Do I want? Would I love sponsorship from a brand like Sprout Social? Absolutely. I love the product. I love the tool. It's an easy, that would be an easy fit for my podcast because it's something that businesses should be using that I, you know, that I'm talking to. But am I saying I want to, I just want to fill it with, you know, fill the podcast with, with uh, sponsorship spots. Again, you have to decide for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but for me, I want to make it more of like an organic conversation. I had, um, I did have Zoom on, right? Uh, a lot of people know that Zoom is an influencer marketing platform uh, analytics tool that I use. I use it daily, and um, I had I had them on uh, the show, the podcast. Very very organic conversation, and then with another one of my guests, we were talking about it because they use it. So it was, again, it was a very organic plug. And the CEO of Zoom heard, had heard that, and he was like, "Wow, this is like this was the best commercial we could have ever gotten." And again, that's my most downloaded episode right now too. So that's how I want to do. It. So anyone that wants to partner with the Brand Boost Podcast, you know, is more than uh, I'm more than happy to talk, but it's, you know, you have to understand the way we're doing it is is not going to be like you've heard anywhere else. It's going to be a very, we're working it in very organically. And again, that works for us. So you have to do, podcasting is like anything else, but you also have to realize that it's a whole, also a whole different world. Yeah, I agree with that. I just, I, I definitely agree with the fact that it's, it's important that you go with the path that makes the most sense for what your brand goals are. And so it really sounds like you have that very clearly figured out. And so that is really exciting. I kind of want to hear some insider tips on, I mean, you, you've been crushing it in new and noteworthy, just popping up on the front page. How has that impacted your numbers? Where have you noticed the trends and what maybe have you learned from that time that iTunes is basically saying, Saying, which is what new and noteworthy is. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having a show on our platform. And thanks for already getting a great number of reviews and downloads. We want to give you a little bit more. Let me give you that boost so that the longevity uh, could potentially be there so that you can stick around and have an iTunes product. What have you learned from that experience so far? And I think you probably only have a couple weeks left of that small luxury that they offer you. Yeah, so the, for those that don't know, the new and noteworthy, I know that um, uh, 
uh, you know, Amy just kind of briefly mentioned it, but it's just it's an eight and a half or it's an eight week period where uh, your podcast has the opportunity to be featured, not well featured in a section called new and noteworthy on iTunes, whether it's on your phone or whether it is on uh, the desktop version and the new and noteworthy has many, many categories. There's an overall category and then there's, it breaks it down, you know, education, business, whatever category you you're in. Um, yes, you can go in and out of new and noteworthy uh, and which I've learned because sometimes I'll show up, I'll be at the top and I'll be like number four. And then there's other times where you don't show up at all. So it's, I think it's, it's very arbitrary. It, well, it fluctuates significantly because I think they're trying to offer it to so many new shows. And as you know, podcasting is quite the growing trend at the moment. So it makes sense that you, if you, if you were at the top at one point, you might not stick around for very long, even that same day. Right. Uh, so I've seen that happen. You know, I've been on the overall, I've been in the business, I've been in the education Sec, you know, I've been in all of those sections because of the way I've set up the podcast. What I've learned though is that you need to promote the hell out of your podcast. Like you really, really have to pump it out there. Um, and, and some have, yeah, I, I have heard that too. Where some, I've heard uh, somebody made a comment about it's potential that you can jump back into the new and noteworthy even after the eight weeks. I've heard that, but I don't, I don't know of any specific um, podcast that have done that. So I, I don't know. I'm only going based off of what I do know, which is I have eight weeks after that. If I can get back in somehow, great. But I know that I have eight weeks and that's all I can deal with. So I have another three weeks left, I believe. And yeah, have the podcast numbers been really good? Absolutely. But it's, I'm not going to give it credit only to new and noteworthy. There's a lot of credit that goes into the back, the back work that we're doing, you know, over at 52 creative with absolutely creating graphics. There's a, there's a specific show graphic that we pump out for every show we announce each show before it launches the night before um we're trying to create subscribers so what we're doing is we're funneling everyone to the website i'm not giving you a, li a link to itunes because you might not listen on itunes i'm not giving you a link to stitcher because you may not listen on stitcher i'm not giving you a link to soundcloud because you may not listen on soundcloud i'm giving you a link to my own media which is my website brandboostcast.com so when you go there, you have the option to listen anywhere you want, or you can even listen in line right in the browser, which counts as a download too. And likely if you've come to my website, you've probably subscribed to something. Um, so I've gained you as a subscriber somewhere. And that's really all I care about is that you are subscribing to the content, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or the Google Play Store, because we're going to, we're in there, we've, we're approved to be in there or whether, you know, wherever it is, as long as you're coming to that content. So um, I've talked to some friends that launched podcasts earlier this year and, uh, the biggest pain point some of them had was not promoting the iTunes link, their iTunes link as early on, um, which to me is absolutely, it's like sticking your head in the sand and saying, yeah, I don't need Apple. Um, and these are people that are Apple haters and I'm like, okay, that's great. I mean, that's cool, but you have eight weeks to really get noticed. Why not just focus on that link for a while. So what I did for the first, before I even launched, I was asking for reviews, people that had heard my podcast, like heard me talk live. 
Go ahead. Right. Well, just to be clear about when you say you hadn't launched yet, you had technically launched in the oh, iTunes right, right. Yeah, yeah. people can put reviews, but like true, you true. hadn't like blasted your list mm-hmm. and told the whole Twitter universe because mm-hmm. it sort of gives you that social proof, right? So that when you do have that front facing launch that you've sort of set the tone with those initial reviews. So before my official, official, like come out, had a blab posting things. Here's the podcast. It's live. There's episodes there before I did that. I asked for, uh, you know, I asked people for reviews and I think I had 10 or 11 before I officially was talking about being, which is crazy because a lot of podcasters don't get any reviews and you had 10 or 11 before you even told like your network, (laughs) right? Which is told your core. And again, it was that social proof. It was people saying, Oh wow, this podcast has, you know, 11 five-star reviews and ratings already. This is okay. This must be good. Listen, it's all about playing the game that you're given. It's playing the hand that you're given. I'm I'm given the hand of iTunes allows me to have this, you know, star and rating system. Why am I gonna for, Why am I gonna be an idiot? And this is this is what I say to those that want to start podcasts and like totally ignore those things. Why would I be stupid not to play that game? Right? It, it's it's absolutely it's to think that people will not share an iTunes link because they think, oh well, I don't need iTunes or I don't like iTunes or or, or the, even the other way around, like not sharing a Stitcher link. Like if you were to put your podcast on one platform, I'd still, I would absolutely still put it on iTunes if I had to. Um, but it's that's not the smart thing to do. Um, you know, putting it everywhere is the best. And I'm trying to syndicate my content everywhere as well. I'm right. trying to put it on all, like even these little known ones. I'm I'm finding new ones every day to just syndicate my feed to. Something else I've done. I've started putting it on LinkedIn in a link I put it as a LinkedIn blog post, a LinkedIn publisher post with the link to the download. And it's, you know, I'm seeing some traffic. It's not a ton, but it's extra traffic and it's more people reading about the brand, the podcast, everything. I think it's so crazy because I don't think you know where your audience is going to come from. And you, you posting to LinkedIn is so brilliant because that's very, very well targeting your ideal audience. Just speaking from experience, um, it, there was one day I went to go check my podcast metrics and it, they don't usually do anything out of the ordinary. But that day I had had like 32,000 downloads on something. And, and I was like, okay, that's a little bit much. And so I went and checked and I could not believe it that the originating source was one episode that apparently let's call went viral because that was viral in my opinion, relatively speaking on Stitcher for iOS. So it was Stitcher, but it wasn't Android. So it wasn't iTunes and it was iOS. And that just blew my mind because something can just do very, very well. And when you leverage all of these places where you can syndicate, it is um, incredible what you can actually see happen. Now, do you retain some of those listeners or not? That's another story. I think I kept a few, but um, that episode was very special for whatever reason. But you just don't know what could happen. So I know that you've definitely been exploring a lot of different places where um, Google just offered this up in in, um, in their music play play store. They did, and I, and I believe you know. I think that Google's trying to get a little more friendly. Uh, natively because they didn't have a native listener. You had to have a Stitcher or something else to listen. Um, I I think that by them getting, I mean, my podcast is registered with the Google Play store right now. So for us, it's just, it's a whole nother world of native, you know, people, there's, there's probably a lot of people that don't, 
even bother downloading a, a Stitcher or some sort of external podcast player. So uh, there's a, a huge amount of people that if they have Android, now it's native to their app or hopefully soon. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be a whole bunch of other listeners. Again, I, that's great. I, I'm happy that Google's finally kind of opened up to that. And, um, you know, it, it probably means a lot to podcasters that that's happening as well. Because absolutely, it, it, I think for Google to invest in that, it also shows that there's value in podcasting still. A lot of people were like, oh, podcasting's dead. No one wants to listen to audio. Video's where it's at. And, of course, I'm, I'm talking to a video expert here. But <laughs> audio's not dead. Audio is not dead. And, and, and Amy, you know that. I mean, in video, you still need high quality audio because if your audio, no one's going to watch your video. Right. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that Amy has, you know, you, you say you preach all the time is like your call to action should always be verbal, not just visual. Mm -hmm. So it's, to me, it just says, hey, people are still like people will watch a video and treat it like a podcast. So why won't they just start a pod? Why won't they just listen to a podcast? They are. They're definitely listening to podcasts. <clears throat> I think it I think it just comes down to how conversational is your content? Because if your podcast is conversational, if your video is conversational, you wouldn't expect somebody to just see a call to action somewhere. You would tell them about it because it's a conversation. So I think that's, there's no way in the world audio is dead because I can tell you for a fact that people watch my videos in a separate tab while they're checking their email, which means they're not watching, they're listening. <laughs> so right. it's, uh, it's absolutely not dead. Just wrapping up, I, I would love to hear um, your experiences in sort of building all this stuff. I mean, you've launched a podcast and took the role of CMO at an agency in the last few months. So it's been quite a journey for you. How has your membership and social authority been able to sort of help you be lifted to this space? How has it helped you? I mean, it, it just like... I wouldn't say it was any one thing specifically, but overall having, you know, just having the, like, I love the community in there. There's always ideas going around. Um, it's great to see. It's great to see and know that there's other people asking questions that I have. I mean, just because I have, ooh, a fancy CMO title and just because I have a podcast doesn't mean I know everything about those things either. And, you know, social authority has helped create, for me, it's more about my I would say more for my personal brand. It's helped me do that and focus on things like, um, you know, growing my email list, right? So Amy's a huge proponent of owned media. To me, that was huge. Now, that's not just something personally that you should focus on. Any brand should be focusing on getting your, you know, your customers, your audience over to your own media. And, and that's one thing that the social authority, um, you know, membership has helped me open my eyes to because even in my own, like even with dealing with clients, I was trying to, oh, funnel them to social, just social, just everywhere on social. Well, now it's like, wait a minute, I'm rethinking my, I'm rethinking the way I do things personally because of the social um, authority group or social authority membership. And like, wait a minute, doesn't that work too for, for brands? Like that can work for anybody. It's not just, just me. And, and again, that's my thinking. I have like this weird way of processing data when it comes into my head and, and, and Amy, you know, cause we've worked very closely and you know that sometimes you have to say things like 15 times for me to finally be like, Oh yeah, now I get it. Um, and 15 is probably being generous. It's probably more like a thousand times, but, um, yeah, so there's, you know, I would say social authority has really helped, um, in terms of, just feeling like valued, like Amy has been wonderful. There's been so much content, whether it's video or newsletters 
um i say newsletters but her i know you hate the word newsletter. i don't like the word <laughs> newsletter <laughs> um, but i'm but glad you like it <laughs> i do i do i mean there's just like you know just live coaching with you and you know like i said i'm a, I'm a little spoiled because i get to work with you one-on-one -on -one a little bit but um you know all that content that you create i mean there's always nuggets somewhere uh, there's always been something for me to find. I pick out something that I can use and having it all organized from somebody who is out there. Again, you're in the trenches, aim like you're in there. You're, you're out there doing this. You're not just talking about it. Like you are truly, truly, um, working in the space. Uh, there's so many people that just like, they talk like, Oh yeah, I, I do this. I do that. But they don't do anything. I mean, anybody can make a video and talk about it, but here's Amy. She's making videos. She's having live one-on-one -on -one interaction and coaching. I mean, that is that alone in the social authority is, is the biggest is like the greatest thing. Amy's got office hours. So you can ask any questions you want, right? For an hour every day, every week. Then she's got her live trainings and her live coachings. And then she brings on really cool people like the guy that you're watching right now. And she'll have live questions. <laughs> and she'll have live question, you know, live question and answer with them or live, but like live uh, not live broadcast, but live uh oh my god, did on spreecast. The webinar or the QA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of the word webinar, right? Um, but like having those things at your disposal at any time has been so valuable. Like I don't have to, it's not like, oh no, I've missed that training. Oh, wait a minute, I can just go back and look at it. Um you know, so for me, it's been it's been invaluable, and and you know, I I'm not even someone who's taken advantage of advantage of it as much as I as I probably could, and that's just being very you know brutally honest. I could probably take care, take more advantage of it and learn even more. But again, I'm you know I'm trying to do it, and everyone's busy. But the fact that I know that Amy's always got my back, like I know the con the content is consistent, it's always there, um, is is a huge huge help. I just think that from what I've seen. There's such an amazing community there and you and I both know really well, and we just preached about this on our weekend show, Scope Past Sunday, how important it is the people that you surround yourself with. And I know that that network is there and in that group and, and hopefully they have been as supportive um, to your all of your ventures that you have been uh, working on as I, I think that they have. And it's it's just such a cool thing to see. So yeah. And then of course, there's all the archives, as you were mentioning, but that's all sort of icing on the cake, right? You can get your education and you can get it in a really intensive environment. But if you're not surrounded with people that are just as invested in your success, I mean, really, what's the point? You could go anywhere else. So yeah, the community, like, I mean, community is so important. And there's very few communities that are as active and actually take interest in what's going on than you know social authority i mean there's just like people are hyper engaged and what's really cool what i love about social authority is that like if you look if you're in the facebook group obviously you need to be a member to be in the facebook group but people are it's like amy doesn't even have, if amy wanted to she could just sit back the community leads like 98 percent of the conversations are led by the community which is and crazy. It's, it's really cool. I mean, and that was, I mean, they, everyone knows everyone's really invested, but it's funny. I'll try to chime in and I'm like, Oh, I'm too late. They, they all figured it out without me. And so it's, it's, um, it's very, very cool. I appreciate you saying that. Um, you're extremely valued as a member of social authority. I want everybody to please give major props and thanks to 52, 
52 Creative. Go to 52creative.co and check out their stuff. They are helping produce this podcast. But trust me, I had to beg them to do that because I am not their target customer. <laughs> you guys are doing much bigger and better and badder things. And so go check out 52creative.co if you want help telling your brand's story. They will be able to help you. I want to give a little shout out to our bandwidth sponsor for Social Authority, which is aweber.com, the only resource that I trust with my emails for Amy's Elite, which is what everyone in the chat on Blab is trying to guess right now. What does Amy say instead of newsletter? It's called Amy's Elite, which is where I send messages to my community via email. And of course, if you would like to find out more about Social Authority Membership Group, then you can go to socialauthoritymembership.com. Vincenzo Landino from 52 Creative and the Brand Boost Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's always a pleasure seeing you and talking to you and uh, interacting with the amazing community that you've built. <laughs>